0: to the RTI Time Machine. Today's Time Traveler is... John Van Trieste and the destination, Taiwan's Book Rental Stalls. For generations, Taiwanese people looking for entertainment had to look no further than their local book rental shop. Through decades with no internet and few TV or movie options, And during a time in Taiwan's past when money was tight and books pricey, these shops offered a way to take a good read home at an affordable price. While mentioning the titles of books these shops once offered may get you blank looks from younger people, there are still plenty of people who will react warmly, reminded of characters they met during leisurely hours of reading long ago. The nostalgia of these shops is captured well in My Fantasy Book Rental Store a recently opened exhibition at the National Museum of Taiwan History in Tainan. Joining us on the line today to introduce the exhibit is museum curator, Liu Weying. The the book rental shop shows up in Taiwan early in the 20th century, during the 50-year Japanese colonial period. Around that time, reports show up in Taiwan's press about these shops. These reports tell us some important details about the shops. That they made good money, for instance. And that the cost of a book rental back then was about one tenth the value of the book itself. A proportion that never changed much after that. This meant that after being rented out about ten times, a book would pay for itself and start to generate a profit for the shop owner. These early shops were often opened by Japanese colonials who had come to Taiwan. Popular genres of books they carried included picture books with simple dialogues, along with small-sized novels. By the time the rental shops started showing up, Japan had ruled Taiwan for about a decade, and Japanese education through the Japanese language had begun to kick in. As a result, to varying degrees, local Taiwanese people could manage Japanese books. That's not to say the shops didn't stock any local works. Storybooks in the Hokkien language, used in everyday life here, were also available, works written and published in Taiwan. Shops might even carry illustrated Chinese picture books from across the Taiwan Strait. In 1945, with the end of World War II, Japan handed over Taiwan to the Republic of China. The impact of all this on book rental shops was big. Within a few years, this government lost a civil war against Chinese communists and was left with only Taiwan and a few outlying islands under its control. The new government would place Taiwan under martial law and would not lift it for decades. This was a period of strict censorship. Even picture books were policed for ideological content, with political slogans appearing in children's books. Authors working in Taiwan at the time had to be very careful not to fall afoul of the censors. But decisions on censorship often look as though they were arbitrary. Many, if not most of the work censored, had nothing to do with communism or politics whatsoever. It may seem strange to us, but this was a period full of paranoia, when lewd, corrupting influences were imagined to be everywhere. Authors working across the strait in communist China were especially suspect. They hadn't retreated to Taiwan with the government, and were therefore seen as compromised somehow, so their works were labeled as belonging to communist bandits and removed from shelves. In fact, even long-dead Chinese writers who'd never lived under communism were banned. Late great men of letters like Lu Xun and Yu Da Fu, whose works had circulated just fine in Taiwan before, were now gone. One way book rental shops got around these restrictions was by changing some names around, producing still recognizable pirated versions of popular works. Fake editions of best-selling Hong Kong author Jin Yong were big back in the days of censorship. Jin Yong's works, romantic tales of martial arts and chivalry, were part of a genre that was highly popular and also hit especially hard by the censors, in part because many authors of the genre were not on Taiwan. Between the start of martial law in the 1940s and its end in the 1980s, tastes were slow to change. It was only towards the end of the period, during the more prosperous and relaxed conditions of the 1980s, that the content of rental books started to change a bit. Customers liked what they liked and older people still have a fondness for the same genres they grew up reading in rented books. That was the entertainment available. The setup of rental shops and the ways they did business did change over time though. Some of the earliest shops were just stands set up on mobile carts. Store funds became more common later on though, and they came to have specialties. Shops near schools tended to stock manga and light novels, while those near markets and offices leaned more heavily on novels and other works geared towards adults. The need for shelf space grew rapidly. By late in the shop's heyday, you'd need space for 10,000 to 30,000 volumes. Many would of course be duplicates, Ms. Liu herself has spoken to shop owners who once had up to six copies of certain bestsellers. When martial law and censorship ended, what changed? For one thing, the end of restrictions meant that the pool of supply and demand became much stronger. With a big hungry audience of readers out there, some shops turn once more to piracy. For a while, there was a sense that these shops were the places to go for pirated versions of new manga and comics. Eventually though, that gave way to a greater respect for copyright law. Globalization also made itself felt. Taiwanese authors and artists, while still around, were less heard from than before. There was a lot of translation of foreign novels, and competition on the comics front was heavy too, with new options from Japan, the US, and Hong Kong capturing the attention of comic book lovers. The 1990s saw computerization take hold too, as library style systems made controlling rentals easier. <laughs> By the end of their peak, these book rental shops had left a lasting mark on Taiwan through the kinds of material they introduced to a mass audience, material that continues to inform Taiwan's animation, comics, and other pop culture. But for the shops themselves, hard times were coming. Taiwan's book rental shops had weathered harsh censorship and taken on new market forces in stride. They were no match, though, for the coming of the digital age and the era of the smartphone, with its on-demand downloads. People in Taiwan have never turned away from reading novels or comic books. They just read them on their phones now. Today, some book rental shops are still around, with faithful older patrons still coming in. Some others have managed to stay in business, with a focus on comic books in particular. But for every survivor, there are likely many shops that have shuttered. Ms. Liu says many book rental shops closing their doors turn to online sites to auction themselves off novels, comics, and all. But this exhibit isn't focused on decline. It's instead a testament to a Taiwanese institution, one that long brought popular tales of imagination and romance to Taiwan's masses, places that may now be relegated to the past, but which still bring back many happy memories for Taiwan's people. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another Journey Through Time.